I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here with Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, the author of 15 books. Her latest is Before the Alamo. It's wonderful. Everyone is is encouraged to get that book. You get them, get them all, or at least the ones that you can find. Um, some of them are, are not uh, available as yet, but we'll we'll talk about that some other time. But she's the subject of well, she was the subject of a long radio series. Now she's the host of her own radio and podcast show that's, uh, that can be heard on 124 different outlets. And she's the subject of a, uh, of a documentary, and you'll see how fascinating her life is uh, as you watch that. But right now, let me introduce to all of you Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg. Doc, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot, uh, a lot goes on uh, each and every week, and I know a couple things usually stick out to you or stick in your craw, uh, depending on the issue, and, uh, and and you always have a great take on it. What, what's been on your mind lately? Well, there's an election coming up, uh, a primary, and uh, early voting begins on the 18th of this month. And so, of course, the... Uh, uh, the governor, uh, the governor's race is uh, uh, is primary in this uh, election because Abbott, the governor Greg Abbott, uh, has two opponents, two Republican opponents, uh, and uh, people will be uh, the uh, Republicans, not the Dems, uh, but the Republicans will be voting on uh, choosing who they want to be their governor going forward. Uh, so, uh, so uh, there are two opponents, and one of both of them have been prominent in the state legislature. Uh, there is Alan West, who is a former uh, Republican Party uh, chair, and so uh, he is quite prominent in this state. But he's also an extreme right winger, uh, and has been famous for his. Uh, uh, his campaign, uh, continuing uh, denigration of what uh, President Biden is trying to do. And, of course, he believes, uh, or at least proposed, uh, pretends that he believes that uh, former President Donald Trump uh, won the last election in a landslide. But, um, but uh, uh, through crooked uh, scam and scamming and so on and fraud and so forth and so on as you well know uh, Biden won uh, and of course Biden is not the real president and on uh, so West uh, will, will be happy to talk about that uh, and then there is Don Huffines I'm not sure how his name is uh, is uh, pronounced, but it's spelled H-U-F-F-I-N-E-S, Huffines, or Huffins, um, and he is a black man who is uh, uh, trying, is gunning for uh, becoming our governor, which would be fine, except that he is just as right-wing as Alan West, uh, and uh, espouses the Trump line as well. So, uh, Governor Abbott, now Governor Abbott has done a number of things which were good. Uh, 
uh, for instance, he's extremely compassionate and helpful after uh, Hurricane Harvey. Uh, he did all the right things. And uh, he, uh, uh, he wanted to increase the, uh, uh, the Bipartisan Commission on School Finance. Uh, he urged the legislature to uh, to uh, establish a commission uh, to increase school fi- uh, school finance, uh, and he did a number of other uh, rather moderate uh, bipartisan things. And this uh, um, this was was fine. His reputation among uh, most Texans was pretty high. Uh, his uh, uh, poll uh, numbers were high until uh, Huffines and and West began their campaign against him from the right, and then all of a sudden, uh, Governor Abbott switched. Uh, for instance, he began micromanaging uh, and telling uh, county and city uh, government what to do. Uh, especially school districts uh, who wanted to mandate when uh, uh, when Omicron uh, when the Omicron variant of COVID-19 became a danger began to surge uh, he refused or rather he told he ordered uh, the state uh, the uh, principals of city schools uh, he ordered them uh, not to mandate masks, which meant, uh, of course, he would allow uh, for free choice because uh, resisting uh, COVID uh, by risking your life was considered uh, free, being free, being free of all except uh, the the, uh, obvious risk of dying if you were unvaccinated, which uh, most right-wing people in Texas are. Um, So so Abbott then made a lurch to the right as far as his reaction to COVID went, uh, and micromanaging, which is not supposed to be a Republican strong suit, uh, having the government tell people what to do is supposed to be a democratic uh, that is with a capital D a democrat uh, uh, bias having the uh, uh, state programs um, uh, medical programs and others uh, and the republicans uh, would rather have uh, individuals at least that's how they uh, the position they have taken in the past uh, they would rather have small groups or or corporations and and uh, county governments and city governments and so on uh, call the shots. But no, Abbott is now calling the shots for everybody, uh, and that is angering everybody. Um, and then, um, besides that, he all he of course was. Uh, cudgeling uh, President Biden for mismanaging the situation at the border. And uh, uh, Biden uh, uh, is coping with the incredible surge in uh, would-be immigrants 
who all of a sudden, since uh, the uh, Republican regime was over and uh, former President uh, uh, Trump was out of office, uh, people uh, from Central America, Haiti, and uh, Mexico always uh, decided that uh, Biden would be a soft touch and they could all come in. And so thousands more uh, flooded the border. And this gave the Republicans the excuse to say that the border is totally mismanaged and Biden doesn't know how to do it and he doesn't know what to do and and so on. And so Abbott decided then, since he was being criticized by West and Huffines, uh, he would send the National Guard to the border. The only problem is that the National Guard has absolutely no authority to do anything. They can't stop people. They can't arrest people. Uh, they all they do is stand around looking military, uh, and is, there are ten thousand of them on the border. Uh, until today, when I heard uh, that the National Guard has torn up uh, a shanty town that the uh, would-be immigrants uh, built uh, up against the border. Uh, probably under the bridge and that sort of thing. Uh, they moved in and uh, ripped the, that uh, colony up. Uh, and uh, but they did accommodate the people in uh, uh, in temporary housing. So at least uh, that was done, um, and it was done by the National Guard. So I'll bet those uh, troops who have been feeling—I mean, there have been suicides among them because they they had no function uh, there and were uh, completely uh, at loose ends. Uh, and meanwhile, they were neglecting their family, their families and their businesses. And uh, uh, some of them lost opportunities to go to college. I mean, there were all sorts of, of, of problems that, uh, that this uh, this uh, project, which was called uh, the, the Lone Star, uh, Operation Lone Star. Uh, so the Operation Lone Star was causing misery and problems for the men involved, and uh, and since they were doing nothing, uh, some of them just simply couldn't take couldn't take it, and took their own lives because their situations at home were getting so bad. Uh, so anyway, uh, this is the situation of our governor at the moment, and people are uh, quick to criticize, obviously, for uh, micromanaging, for one thing, and uh, telling them what to do. Um, and uh, the other is, of course, uh, Operation Lone Star. You know, one of the uh, one of the things uh, as as you're you're mentioning all of this, the the three men running for governor, including the incumbent Greg Greg Abbott, are all super right wing. There's an opportunity for somebody who's a moderate Republican to to come in, and if they're the only ones running that have moderate views, uh, they could they could win by the benefit of the other three splitting their <laughs> splitting their vote. And um, and that would be interesting. And, uh, you know, if I were a Democrat uh, in the state of Texas, right, uh, I'd, I'd be cheering that somebody comes in and tries to clip him from the left. 
because they're sucking votes uh, away from each other. And, um, and, it, and it's, uh, yeah, it could be a nightmare for Abbott. Is it too late for somebody to get on the ballot in, uh, in the gubernatorial race? Republican? No, um, but uh, the other, the candidate on the Democratic side is, of course, Peter O'Rourke, yeah. and uh, uh, there are a couple of others uh, who, whose names I don't even know, and I am a Democrat, so I don't know. Uh, they are so obscure at this point. Um, they will be on the ballot, uh, but I think Beto O'Rourke will quickly. Um, uh, win that game and uh, and will be our candidate uh, uh, f- uh, to fight uh, Abbott for the governorship in the actual election, which takes place in the fall. Um, so uh, about Beto O'Rourke, uh, he is well-known, uh, nationally well-known, because he ran uh, against Ted Cruz and lost. Uh, because there were uh, there were that many uh, Republican voters who preferred Ted Cruz to a moderate and intelligent Democrat. Um, he is thoughtful. Uh, he comes on uh, MSNBC quite frequently, uh, and he strikes me as being someone who really knows the issues and can talk about them. He is eloquent, uh, and he uh, he is a man of the people. He loves to go out among uh, little people in the small cities and towns across Texas and go to the grocery store and just uh, uh, just talk to people, shake their hands, kiss their babies, and and do all those things that politicians used to do in the good old days. <laughs> and, uh, and he is skillful enough that he makes a good impression. Um, so uh, he is uh, somebody who knows how to galvanize voters, and that is Republicans, too, uh, and certainly independents. So um, uh, he uh, he holds Abbott accountable, of course, for the blackout and freeze in uh, in February last year. And by the way, we're just coming out of another freeze uh, here, but it was far far uh, milder than last year, thank God, because the state legislature did nothing to shore up the. Uh, the electrical and gas, uh, the electrical grid, and the uh, and the sources of our uh, our gas for gas heating and cooking, um, and fortunately there was no blackout. I think one thing that the the various gas companies across the state did was to make sure that their uh, the source of their uh, the gas at the wells would not freeze up. So they did uh, some independent uh, improvements on their own, but certainly nothing was coming from the government of Texas. Um, so uh, if we have another deep freeze before February is over, uh, we may have the same situation we did last year. But fortunately, uh, this Arctic incursion that happened just uh, uh, yesterday, day before, especially last Thursday, uh, when it was 18 degrees by my thermometer 
uh, here uh, in San Antonio, and 18 degrees in Texas is very, very cold. Oh, my God. But it did not last. Uh, it killed all the uh, the plants, the uh, subtropical plants uh, that were not protected one way or another. Uh, so it did that, but it did not. Uh, we had no blackout, and we had uh, we had heat, uh, gas heat, um, and electrical heat, of course, if uh, if we were rigged that way. So. Um, O'Rourke has attacked Abbott and the state legislature, which is uh, dominated by Republicans, for doing nothing about the uh, the grid. Uh, and he promises, first of all, to winterize the grid here uh, and also to attach it to the rest of the country's electricity grids um, because Texas is proud of being the Lone Star State. And once upon a time, for about 10 years, Texas was a republic uh, and an independent country. Uh, and then uh, I think President Polk was still in office and uh, and took over uh, the territory of Texas. Uh, uh, in about, uh, I think it was 1845 or 46, I would have to look that up. Part of Manifest Destiny, I'm sorry? Part of Manifest Destiny? Did you mention Polk? Uh, yeah, it was part of the Manifest Destiny uh, doctrine, absolutely. Um, and a lot of other uh, things that we now look upon as atrocities uh, took place because uh, it was our manifest destiny to grab everything between uh, Arkansas, Missouri, Ohio, and uh, the coast, the West Coast, uh, and to remove all the Indians who were uh, uh, who were natives of the lands in between. Uh, killing them off uh, most of the time and herding them into uh, reservations and so forth. Um, so anyway, um, going back to O'Rourke, uh, he uh, holds Abbott responsible for the blackout last uh, February right, for doing nothing about the grid in the meantime uh, and, and for uh, Operation Lone Star. Uh, he holds him responsible for the uh, for uh, wasting the time of the National Guard because there's really nothing for them to do except stand there and look pretty. Uh, and give the, the whole point is to give the public the impression that he is doing something about the problem at the border when actually there's nothing the National Guard can do about it. So it's still up to the uh, the border authorities, and that is the federal government, and uh, uh, and Biden is doing his best under the circumstances with this huge surge of immigrants who are n knocking at the border trying to get in, and so uh, we shall see um, uh, how things are going to work out when the when the actual. Uh, campaign begins, which probably won't really get hot until this summer. Probably it'll it will begin in March, but it uh, it'll gain speed and heat as uh, as the year goes along. We'll hear much more from uh, 
from Beto O'Rourke and what his program is going to be. You know, Doc, you mentioned uh, Beto, uh, well, Beto, Beto O'Rourke, uh, uh, that he would run, uh, well, he, that when he ran against Cruz, he got national attention. He also broke all kinds of financial records for, for fundraising. And we all know, you know, money might not be able to buy you love, but uh, it can buy you some votes. And and I have imag- I, I could only imagine that Beto O'Rourke uh, is going to get a tremendous amount of financial support uh, from across the country. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he's running in a in a very difficult um, year. It's midterm elections, and usually midterms go with the um, go against the incumbent party. Uh, who's in the White House? Historically, that's uh, that's happened quite a bit, but nevertheless, we know one thing: Beto O'Rourke um, will have no problem with name recognition. He's got it. I mean, everybody—it um, was just a couple of years ago. Everyone in the state basically knows who he is, and they know his name. So he doesn't have to spend um, foolishly in the beginning to get his name out there. His name is going to be. Way more recognizable than uh, than any of the um, any of his opponents, and probably more than the two opponents that that Abbott have now. So uh, he's coming in with those two advantages, and uh, the the other advantage is just a tremendous amount of money to spend on the general election and allowing your opponents opponents in the primary to uh, to to beat them up to beat up um, Greg Abbott. And if those two Mm -hmm. are running from the right, um, if they're successful in peeling some votes or maybe turning some people off that maybe won't vote if they find a little niche somewhere. Um, I imagine, you know, out of the the three men, uh, uh, Abbott uh, and the uh, the two Republican uh, primary uh, folks, that the, and, and I say this with all due respect for, Texans and uh, and certainly African Americans, but uh, I I can't imagine under any circumstances um, uh, an African American man winning a Republican primary. I don't care how right wing he or she is, you know. I just uh, I, I think there's a lot of bigotry, and especially in the Republican Party. And this guy could be the next best thing since sliced bread. And there's just a certain amount of the the demographic. That uh, or the the population in the Republican Party, I, I think that would just never vote for a black man. It's just, um, You're right. it's just there. Um, but your thoughts on on any of that, um, uh, you know, and, and especially a a, um, a a moderate Republican possibly running against Abbott and the uh, and the two uh, other far right guys. I mean, do, would that person have a chance? Right. Well, we, uh, I don't see any uh, moderate Republican in, in on the horizon here. Uh, so the only moderate person is actually Beto O'Rourke, uh, who is uh, pretty moderate. Uh, he is not an, uh, doesn't believe in uh, extreme innovation and and so on, which actually might be a good thing. But uh, but he is t- he always takes a reasoned approach to everything, which I admire. I think, and uh, yeah, he argues very well, very logically. Um, and uh, you're right about finances. I think the little people, uh, the little people like myself, uh, I am contributing little 
dribbles of money at a time to various uh, candidates and causes that I believe in. And I think, uh, and Beto O'Rourke would be one of them. Uh, and uh, I think that will be true of a lot of, uh, of the uh, the voters in the state of Texas and all over the country, that he will get a lot of support uh, in $5 amounts, <laughs> 5 and $10 uh, from, uh, from the... Uh, uh, the people who uh, would like to see Texas go purple or go blue, uh, going blue is uh, is going to take many years, maybe decades, uh, but going purple is uh, is a possibility uh, with better O'Rourke. So, uh, so people would be betting on him. Fascinating. It's going to be a fascinating year. And... Um yeah, I mean, for a while there, it sounded like uh, uh, Beto was not going to run. What do you think changed his mind? Is it those two? Yeah, he's changed his mind, right? I think enough people wrote to him and said, you know, you're all, you are our only hope. You better run, and he decided he would. Uh, he hasn't done too much about it, uh, uh, and I think he he will wait until after this primary is over uh, and then start a big push. But at this point, uh, he's just uh, almost the only one in the race, so he's, he's not wasting his time and resources and energy at, at this point. And I agree with that. I think uh, he might as well uh, get get all of his resources together for the big push afterwards when it come, is coming closer to the uh, midterms. Uh, there's a side issue I'd like to mention about this uh, primary coming up, and that is uh, how, uh, registering to vote in Texas has become complicated, especially for write-in voters, and I'm one of them. As a person, any person over 65 is supposed automatically to be able to get a write-in uh, ballot. But uh, Texas, the Texas legislature uh, added a bunch of uh, uh, complications there. You have to have uh, an ID, a state-issued uh, ID, and not just any ID. And uh, the driver's license is preferred. But if you don't drive, there is a, uh, uh, a license you can get, um, an ID card that you can get that has a number on it which looks like a driver's uh, license number. Uh, or there is, uh, there is a certificate, I think, uh, if you're disabled. Uh, you can get a certificate that would allow you to vote. But uh, you have to go to the trouble of having one of these items, else you don't qualify. Uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm wrong, because you can also uh, write in your Social Security number. That's the other uh, uh, means of identifying yourself as, as a, a legitimate voter. The other thing is your signature. If your signature has evolved, and a lot of people's signatures have evolved, especially if they write it very, very often, uh, and somebody, uh, uh, say a lawyer or a teacher or an administrator, 
would be writing uh, their signature over and over until it becomes a, a squiggly line. And so it's very different from the signature that's on file from uh, 10 or 20 years ago. Uh, and uh, thousands of people have already been disqualified. Uh, and so they're... Uh, they're Voting by mail has has been uh, blocked, uh, although they can appeal. But you have to go through a process, and a lot of people just won't bother. Uh, so uh, I have just heard this morning that uh, write in uh, applications uh, you have to apply for uh, a mail-in uh, vote, which was uh, a ballot, which was never. Never the case before, because especially people uh, people who are known to be disabled and especially people over 65 uh, were simply sent their ballots, mm. and you didn't have to apply for it, and now we have to apply for it. And so I have sent in my application, and I have not received my ballot. So I begin to get a little itchy about that, wondering whether my signature was a little off, maybe. Uh, the other thing was that in the beginning, uh, we were told that we would have to have, for a driver's license, we would have to have the license number that we uh, wrote in on the very first time we voted. And in my case, that was when I came to San Antonio in 1989. And I probably had a New York driver's license and, and would have given that number. So my uh, application for a driver's license may be held up because I uh, didn't write in a New York, <laughs> a lapsed New York uh, driver's license number. Uh, so... Uh, I, as, as I began to say, I heard this morning that uh, several thousand uh, applications for a ballot were turned down, in particular for Harris County. Now, Harris County, uh, oddly enough, Harris County is Houston, and Houston has the greatest con consecration. Con uh, concentration uh, of uh, black voters. So, surprise, surprise, uh, their applications are being turned down by the thousands. What a shock. <laughs> what a, yeah, what a surprise, huh? Wow. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's one more wrinkle about this uh, upcoming primary. <laughs> just terrible. Honestly, just absolutely terrible. And, uh, you know, that certainly uh, that goes to show even less of a chance. Uh, you know, assuming that, that most of those African-American voters are, are Democrats, but the ones that, that may be Republicans, it just further, uh, I think, boosts my point that the African-American uh, candidate in the Republican primary has very little chance of winning this, uh, winning this election. Right. Not in Texas. Right. Not in Texas. Well... Uh, listen, having said all of that, uh, are you, uh, you, you know, I'm not asking you to handicap it. We don't have the time for that, but we'll get into that. But uh, do you have uh, a, a feeling right now that um, 
I, I guess it's hopeful, right? You're hopeful that Beto uh, could uh, could win it. But um, uh, are you? Do you have any optimism at all? <laughs> A little spark may, now and then, but mainly not. Um, no, I've I've seen too much of uh, how things are done here in Texas to uh, to be terribly optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be right. It'd be foolish to be super optimistic, but uh, uh, Beto is uh, super optimistic. Just so he could uh, spread it, you know, spread his word and get his message uh, out there. Anyway, I, what, what else have you been concentrating on? Uh, you, uh, is uh, uh, do we have enough time to to get into what? Oh, uh, I'm wondering. I, it's uh, it's going on. It's very close to a quarter two now. Yeah. So I, I, we might call it a day. Yeah. Um, you know, let's, let's and I'll save on. I'll save what else, which is a totally different issue, yeah. um, which is the issue of uh, uh, of taking credit for the uh, uh, for the rescue bill that uh, President Biden <coughs> passed uh, very soon after uh, coming into office. Uh, which flooded uh, states, including Republican states, with money to the point where uh, those states are using uh, those funds to enable the state to run, and they can cut taxes, which will, of course, take uh, – that will take effect just before the uh, – the the midterm elections, and which will give uh, the Republican candidates boost. Uh, look what we can do for you voters. We are cutting your taxes. Uh, and they can afford to do it because the state is awash in federal money, which was meant to be spent uh, to fight COVID-19. <laughs> so th- this is a case of uh, unwanted and unforeseen consequences of a good act. That is a, is going to be a subject. That could be a subject for a whole, um, a, a, you know, a whole show. Uh, but I, w- I will say this, um, you know, people taking credit for something that's going to happen. President Clinton had a great line when he was Governor Clinton, and he was running against George uh, Herbert Walker Bush, and uh, and uh, George Bush, the Vice President, was uh, was trying to take all the credit for the Soviet Union falling and the wall falling. And I don't know if you remember President or Governor Clinton at the time. Uh, Governor Clinton had a great line. He said, uh, he, he said, Mr. Vice President, you taking credit for the wall falling is like the rooster taking credit for the sunrise. And uh, <laughs> just, yeah. I, yeah, I always remember that. Yes, it's, it's similar, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, indeed. I mean, the, uh, this uh, infrastructure bill that also got uh, Republican votes, so it was able to pass without a filibuster. Um, And uh, now that things are being done uh, for the infrastructure in various states, uh, the uh, Republican uh, uh, senators and and legislators are all uh, puffing up their chests and saying, see what we've done. <laughs> we we rebuilt this bridge. We filled these potholes. Aren't we wonderful? And uh, 
so that's a very similar uh, thing, uh, taking credit for the sunrise. <laughs> yeah, we would expect them to fill the, the potholes, right? We would we'd expect them to, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, one way or the other, and, and for them to take credit for it is, is, is funny, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't you know, look, we're, we're um, we're in the. We used to call it the silly season, you know, the silly season when, <laughs> when people are running for re-election, especially somebody like the governor, and uh, you know, a president. Uh, you know, you you start hearing uh, like ridiculous claims, or you hear uh, different things, and we we always call it the silly season. So uh, yes, yes, and and of course it is for those who who bother to look into the matter a little bit. But for those who don't, and I think that's unfortunately the majority, uh, these uh, these Republicans who are taking credit for a, a Democratic uh, bill and uh, bonanza uh, will get away with uh, taking credit for it. And if you scratch the surface, you would see that that very person who is bragging about filling the potholes uh, voted against the infrastructure bill which most Republicans actually did. Only a few voted for it. Pretty amazing. Well, Doc, uh, uh, again, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to give us a lot to talk about. Uh, Beto O'Rourke uh, has made this interesting. If he did not emerge, uh, I would say point blank, there is no possibility that Craig Abbott would lose unless it is in a primary or whatever. But there, uh, there is uh, there is hope. Where there is Beto, there is hope. And uh, yes, a little bit, a little spark here and there. Well, he brings money, <laughs> brings name recognition, and and he's no dope. He's a he's an intelligent man and a dynamic guy. I don't know. I I, I I I'm telling you, I wouldn't take him too lightly if I was uh, if I was Craig Abbott. Right. Absolutely, I agree there. No. Yeah, he's in, he's impressive, and when uh, uh, when he gets on a program and speaks about the issues, uh, you listen, even if you were not terribly interested before. He, uh, he has the knack of getting you to sit down and listen to what he has to say. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, uh, I I also think that he takes chances that others won't. Like he'll tra- he'll take a different approach and. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. But he's not afraid to to try something new. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't count out a better or rock. But uh, again, it's a long way away, and of course he's a long shot. Um, but you know, long shots have come through before. Right. I didn't mention the fact that uh, uh, the legislature during Abbott's. Uh, governorship, of course, passed this draconian law against women, uh, against women getting abortions after six weeks, uh, when most most women don't know they're pregnant. Uh, and the other thing was this law against allowing transgender kids to play on teams of their choice. They have to play on teams of their uh, according to their birth certificate. Uh, so he's victimized uh, a bunch of innocent uh, kids, for one thing. And the other thing, he's victimizing uh, 
pregnant women who are in a terrible uh, situation. Maybe the baby is uh, uh, was engendered by their own uh, father or their uh, brother or uh, something, so it was incest. And then uh, uh, there is also a problem of rape and babies resulting from rape. Uh, and uh, in neither case can a woman uh, get an abortion now beyond six weeks. That's that. And uh, this was all done under Abbott, so I did not mention those two uh, things against uh, against him, which I'm sure Beto O'Rourke will will bring up in uh, in you his campaign. You better believe that. Yeah. It'll be a theme in the campaign. So anyway, it will be interesting. All right. Doc, and and it will be, I think, of national interest as well. Yeah, that's where the money's coming. It's going to come from all over the place to try to, yeah. uh, you know, well, both sides. Uh, Greg Abbott uh, may get uh, some national money, uh, too. But money is not, not going to be the issue here. But if uh, if uh, Beto wasn't in there, uh, he, uh, again, I, I don't think anybody um, around the country, for the most part, are, are going to put significant money into this race. It had to be Beto. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Doc, uh, uh, thanks so much, and hopefully you're staying warm there. It went down to 18, but just temporarily. What's your current temperature in San, in San Antonio? Right now, it's probably in the 50s. Oh, boy, boy, I wish we had that. Uh, we haven't had that yes. in a long time. And uh, I had two feet of snow not too long ago <laughs> here in New York. So thank you, Doc. And, uh, and, and again, uh, look forward to our next conversation, which is coming up soon. We have a makeup. Uh, we weren't with everyone last week, so uh, keep a lookout, everyone, for uh, two shows this week. Right. Two shows a, two shows a week. <laughs> I, hope to, I hope people can put up with that. I think they will. <laughs> All right, Doc. And uh, before the Alamo is, is Dr. Weinberg's uh, latest, and not last, but latest, and it's uh, her 15th book. And please get it. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on The Florence Weinberg Show.